we have so, so many people who didn't grow up in the Church of Christ in this uh, congregation that sometimes the jokes aren't funny. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. We don't, we don't dislike you for that. We do for other reasons. That's a joke, too. All right. But we, we get to the end. Of the, uh, sometimes, look, you could be preaching a sermon about love, and you could be preaching a sermon about um, something else, and then you have to figure out how to get love into the five steps of salvation. How to get love into hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. And that was always an awkward transition for me, um, especially since the way I understand the message of God is that it's one that needs to be responded to before you can tell people how to respond to it. So um, you look at Acts, uh, Acts 2, Peter gives the, this sermon um, on the day of Pentecost, and the end of his sermon is found not in Acts 2.38, which says, um, repent and believe every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It, it ends in Acts 2.36. This Jesus, whom you crucified, is now Lord and Savior. That's the ending of his sermon. And people respond to that message and they say, what shall we do? And so my ideal world would be that I can, at the end of the, most sermons, and I do this a lot, the end of most sermons I say, um, this Jesus is Lord and Savior. Some form of that, and if you would like to connect with Jesus, today's the day. I want you to come down and say how. I want you, I want you to ask the Acts 2.37 question of um, how, uh, what must I do now? Now that Jesus is Lord and Savior, what must I do that's how I want to end the sermon. Not yet, though. Some of you are like, we're getting close. This is awesome. <laughs> Jesus ended his sermon in a different way um, than we end our sermons. Uh, he ended it in a way that actually I wish we could end our sermons. But he, he, he ended it talking about following him and the wisdom of not just hearing what Jesus has taught, but doing what Jesus has taught. And he tells a very familiar story, so much so that we have a song about it. Nolan will, in the car, will say, Daddy, white man rock. And I'll say, no one has pronounced wise man, enunciate. <laughs> and no, he, he'll say, wise man rock. And we'll, so we'll watch the singer. Oh, the wise man built his house. And he, he's got he's to do the whole thing. And then the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the storm came and demolished it. And we celebrated. Uh, <laughs> and so we sing the song. And... Um, he enjoys that, but I think sometimes this has become one of those, these, these things that have become so familiar that we don't know it at all. Um, and I want to look at it a little bit more closely today. Therefore, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Uh, that, that, 
is is not translated properly. It should be, um, will be like a wise man. Sorry, picked the wrong translation this time. Um, will be like a wise man who built his, built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock or um, the cornerstone. Now, obviously, you build your house on a foundation. Now, what we do is we actually create the foundation. What they had to do is they had to dig down deep enough to find the rock and then build their house on it. So they, they would get all the sand out of the way. And that was the first step of building a house is you just you got the sand out of the way, found the rock, and started with the cornerstone. Um, he then says the opposite. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. He didn't do any digging, just got it out, just started building. He built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Okay. Like I said, sometimes we, we dig into these parables and find little gems and make them into something they're not. This is called allegorizing. We, we turn it into an allegory. All right? So, well, what, the, what are the storms? And what is the rock? And what is the... The, the rock here is not Jesus. It's a rock you build your house on. Jesus makes his teaching very clear with his parables. People who hear the teachings of Jesus and then do them are wise. People who hear the teachings of Jesus and then do not do them are foolish. Now, that's how most preachers want to end their sermons. Don't be stupid. Do what I say. Now, Jesus can get away with this because Jesus is Jesus. Benjamin cannot get away with this because Benjamin is Benjamin. And not Jesus. So Jesus can teach a sermon and teach about life. And then at the end say, wisdom hears and does. Foolishness. Notice foolishness hears too. But it doesn't do. Another way we've sort of twisted this parable a little too much in our favor is that we've, we've created this storm that is just sort of the storms of life. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. And that's good advice. But the way Jesus always structures his sermons is that he constantly ends his sermon with a view toward the future. And the way this verse should be translated is the kingdom of heaven will be like it's in the final day when the storm, not the storms of life, but the storm of judgment, when the storm of God comes. Have you stood wisely by hearing and doing what Jesus taught? Or... Have you been foolish and refused to do them? Now, one of the problems that we have is we just sort of say, like, 
we, we treat the Sermon on the Mount like it's this ideal. Like it's an ideal, like a thing, a thing that, I, that some people can do, but it's not really for everyone. It's the really strong. Because all throughout the Sermon on the Mount, we've got really hard teachings. You've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I tell you, I tell you, if a neighbor, if someone slaps you on the cheek, you turn to them the other cheek. And if someone takes, wants to take your tunic, you give them your coat. If someone wants to make you go a mile, you go with them two miles. You've heard it said, do not murder. I say, don't even be angry. I say, don't worry about tomorrow. Like legitimate, actual teachings of Jesus. We want a leader who lets us lead, and Jesus says that is foolish. Because when, when judgment comes, there is not going, you will not stand up against that wave if you haven't followed Jesus. Following Jesus looks like Following Jesus. Now, there, there is grace involved here. There is blessing, unmerited blessing involved here. But Jesus' warning should not be taken lightly. It is serious business, this following of Jesus. And it's even all the more serious when you claim it and don't do it. Jesus does bless. And actually, he starts the sermon that way. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for, their, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is the reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are blessed. The weak, the meek, the poor. Those, when it says those who hunger for righteousness, hunger and thirst for righteousness, like that's such a weird, we, we translate that real weird in our heads, like, or we interpret it real weird in our head. Like, we'll say, well, like, I really want to be good. Well, that's not, that's not a thing to be blessed. Like, that, that's just, if you really want to do the right thing, do the right thing. You have that capacity. What he's saying is, blessed are those who are longing for justice, who are oppressed, who are hurting, who are broken. They're longing for the world to be set right again. And they will inherit the kingdom of God. You are blessed by God first. But when you are blessed by God, you are called to live out what God has called you to. You can't receive blessing and then treat it like it's not worth your effort. We can't do that. 
Jesus says the ones who stand at judgment are the ones who are blessed and let that blessing affect them. God does this on a regular basis. In Exodus 20, he stands in front of his people and says, You are my people, and I am your God. And then he gives them the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments start in Exodus 22, 20 verse 2. But verse 1 is him declaring that they are his people. Verse, verse 1 is them standing at Mount Sinai already having been uh, uh, broken out of Egypt, already leaving Egypt. They are no longer slaves because of what God has done for them. And then he calls them to a life. Salvation isn't just the removal of your sins. It's this new life in which you are called to live and follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't some sort of addendum to an already saved life. It's what the saved life looks like. You're called to that, to that heavy stuff of the Sermon on the Mount. If someone asked me, what, what should I read every... If I had to pick just one thing to read for the rest of my life every day, I would say it's the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Sermon on the Mount every day. Knowing full well what happened at the end of the book. Is that that guy died on a cross and was resurrected and is king. Let's read what Jesus says about our life. That, that our, and it's simple stuff like let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's simple stuff about let's pray in this way. It's simple stuff about lust and anger it's, and, 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 and forgiveness and mercy. And it's, it's, but it's hard. And you will need God behind you and in front of you and um, in you to live that out. But it would be very foolish this is a fun word, it would be eschatologically foolish. Write that down. E-S-C-A. Um, a lot of you are like, he can't spell it. He stopped. <laughs> it would be foolish to hear what Jesus has asked of you. These aren't these aren't just good ideas. This is how we're supposed to live. This is what sets us apart from other people. Is the Spirit of God working through us and us letting God work on us and following Jesus? He says, a wise man builds his house on a rock. It's the obvious thing to do to hear the words of Jesus and then do them. No, no one can argue against that, right? I mean, there's no, like you can't say, well, it's sort of just a suggestion. That was a ridiculous voice for a ridiculous person. You, you can't, no one's saying, well, that's sort of just like a guideline. 
for, for how we're supposed to live. No. Like, obviously, you build your house on rock. Obviously, the wise thing to do is to hear the word of God and then do it. Now, some of you might be tapping the brakes and saying, hold on, Benjamin, hold on. Are you saying that if we don't follow Jesus the way Jesus has called us to follow him, then we won't find salvation? I'm saying that if you don't follow Jesus the way Jesus has called you to follow him, you haven't found salvation. It hasn't affected you. You may accept grace and you may be united with him, but, but Jesus says only the fool tries to stand in front of the wave not doing what I have called them to do. Now, I want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that every little hiccup, every little failure, every little um, nuanced attitude that you shouldn't have is, is teetering you on the edge of heaven and hell. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is those who have accepted the, the lordship of Jesus, accepted the salvation found in his gospel, we should be the ones who are first seeking to live out his teaching. And so we, wor- we don't worry because Jesus told us not to. That the commands of Jesus aren't lighthearted. That we let our yes be yes and our no be no because Jesus takes that seriously. That, that we bring God's kingdom to earth. That we that we settle our angle ang- angle our anger. That we that we honor our word. That we seek out our brother who has something against us. Those. Things matter. And we will find forgiveness and we will need forgiveness on that final day. We will need, um, we will need God's grace because we are going to fail at this sort of stuff. But Jesus points to the wisdom of hearing and doing and the foolishness of hearing and and not doing, and says it can lead to serious destruction. And it can lead to serious destruction long before Jesus comes back. Not keeping your word can hurt you long before Jesus comes back. Not showing mercy, not showing forgiveness. What's the old line? Not forgiving your brother is like um, taking rat poison and hoping it kills him. 
You know, you don't need to show mercy and forgiveness for the other person. You need to do it for you. You need to set your heart free. You, you don't need to work on your anger just because of Jesus' coming, because it can cause you destruction now. It's foolish now. You don't have to get this perfect to get Jesus. But when you get Jesus, you will see the importance of his teaching. And Jesus is very specific. It is foolish not to follow. And it is wise to seek out. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to be awful at it at times. And there's going to be some things that you're really good at and other things that you're not. And the things of life, the problems of life, are going to make you good at one thing and bad at another. And that's going to work itself out. But it's you knowing what track you're supposed to be on and honoring that. I love it when people fail trying to serve this church. I really do. Because it means they were trying to serve this church. It means that they, they wanted to do a thing. People who don't follow the teachings of Jesus, who hear them and do not do them, never fail at them. They just don't do them. C.S. Lewis says, it's only the one who has resisted temptation that is, he's the only one, the only person who knows how strong temptation actually is. Because sinners give in to temptation and never feel the weight of real temptation. But having been tempted and fought your way through it and come out on the other side, you know how heavy temptation can be. And it is only the one who hears the word of God and then does the word of, and lives out that word, who hears the teaching of Jesus and lives it out. That's the only one who's going to fail at doing it. But God honors the attempt. You were doing it. You failed. But you knew you needed to do it. So don't hear me say that I'm, I, that God's wanting perfection so that in judgment you can stand. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you've been blessed by God. And Jesus says, if you are wise, you will follow my teaching. Don't be a fool and think that it makes sense to just hear and then do as you please. We should all be pushed to more than what we can do. A friend of mine, I'm not going to name her name, uh, Cassandra, ran her first 5K. <laughs> and if you've never run one of those, the first time, it is awful. It's just the worst. And the worst thing... <coughs> the worst thing about a 5K is uh, 
course, in DeQueen, I, I used to run these all the time with cross country. If you played basketball in DeQueen, you had to run cross country. It was one of the rules. And our best cross country runner, um, actually, our second best cross country runner was this guy who was uh, a year older than me. He would go out and he would run the three miles to warm up, go behind the bus, smoke a cigarette, and then go come, come in second in the race. We were that good. <laughs> but the worst part is you're running. The first time you run one, um, you, it's, it's, a, it's a mix. You run and you walk. And that's, that's great. That's perfect. But then you're coming around the bend and you can see the finish line. The worst part about running is the, 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 the seeing the finish line and wanting to walk. Like, I need to quit running right now, but if I do, all of those people will see me stop. And I need to finish. And that, that last stretch of I'm, I'm going to run and I'm going to keep running even though I feel like I'm going to die. It's, it's because it's the effort that's worthwhile. It's, 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 the, it's not the perfection. God loves you when you fail. God loves you when you're victorious. God loves you when you keep running and God loves you when you stop. But knowing the importance of what Jesus says is the first step of being strong. Knowing it's important. And there'll be a time in your life when you'll, you'll think, oh man, I really wrestled with that back then. And God has really brought me a long way. You weren't less of a Christian when you were failing. But you've grown and see, you've started seeing the wisdom of actually doing what Jesus says to do. Of actually attempting it. When we are young, we are foolish. And when we are old, we are senile. When we're old, we're, we grow up. We mature. I'm hopefully going to be a better human being when I'm 60 than when I'm 30. I'm counting on it. Some of you are counting on it, too. And as we mature... We grow in wisdom, and the heart of wisdom is the teaching of Jesus. It's the most wise thing you can do, is to take seriously the words of Jesus. Let them impact you, because you have been blessed, you have been redeemed. If you've never taken, taken those seriously, stop being a dummy, says Jesus. I didn't say that, Jesus. But wisdom is hearing and doing. If you've just been hearing and you need prayers to help with the doing, or you haven't heard and today's the first day that you want to start this journey. We need more people to put down their own agendas and start doing what Jesus says to do. 
what you'll find is that brings with it a wisdom and a security in this life and in the next. But if you need Jesus or if you need just prayers just to do the right thing, because we're not saying that's easy. If you need prayers, do the right thing. Then today is your day. Because Jesus, the invitation is open from Jesus. And the invitation is open from your church family to stick with you and help you do that thing you never thought you could do. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.